So moving on in the book of Ruth, we're going into chapter 2. And we've seen, you know, earlier in chapter 1 that Naomi and Ruth came into some really bad circumstances. And without really any promise or hope of moving, of their circumstances getting any better, Naomi decided to go back to her home land in uh, her hometown in Bethlehem. And Ruth, mostly I just love for her mother-in-law, just the sheer act of love and wanting to take care of her. Didn't want her to go alone. Refused to abandon her. Went with her. Left everything she knew. Pledged herself to Naomi, right? And then as we come into chapter 2, what I really want to point out here and what's a good life lesson for us and what I believe we miss a lot is we don't see God putting the pieces together. Amen? But that's what we're going to start to see here in chapter 2. We're going to see God starting to put the pieces in place. His plan that was already, already fully formed by him before they got to Bethlehem, but we start to see it come together. And to me, this is one of the most exciting chapters to see, to see what's going on. So starting with the first verse of uh, Ruth chapter 2, it reads, Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. So one of the one of the takeaways that I got from re- reading this chapter and researching it is do what you know is right, not what looks right to others. And the reason I got that from because if you uh, go back a little bit to chapter. One, and you realize that they were in Moab because there was a famine in Bethlehem, Judah, and they fled, Naomi and her family. And it was, the, the span was probably around 10 years. So Boaz must have been there during that time of famine. And he chose not to leave, he stayed. So when Naomi's whole family went to Bethlehem, I mean left Bethlehem, went to Moab, Boaz stayed behind and God provided for him. Amen. So even though it seemed right to some that let's get out of here, let's get out of Dodge, right? Which makes sense, right? Sometimes when things get hard, when things seem like they're not going to work out right, we want to run. <laughs> and sometimes it is the right thing to move to a different location, different place, if that was right for you. But just because others may advise it and it may look right, 
you got to check in with God. <laughs> you got to walk in the Spirit. If you don't learn anything else by this, uh, and even Ruth was doing this without realizing it. If you join yourself to God, you're walking in his plans and his ways. You walk in the spirit and there's protection in that. It doesn't mean no bad things will happen. Boaz still had to go through the time of famine. And we don't know, the Bible doesn't want to reveal what hardships he must have faith and how his faith was tested and how he had to hold on. But we do know that God blessed him because it tells us that he was a wealthy and influential man. So he got through it. Amen? Another takeaway I get from reading this chapter is to remember to be humble. And keep working as God blesses you. And sometimes that's not easy, right? Because sometimes we get into situations where we don't like our jobs. (laughs) We don't like the work that we've been given, right? I mean, this is easy when we get that great job and, oh, man, everybody loves me there and, I'm getting promotions and making great money. That's easy. But what about when you don't like it? Especially when it starts off good. And this is something I've learned. Uh, I'm learning, I should say. What I'm finding now is we could get comfortable in the places where God puts us, which is good. And God will give us favor in those places. But we have to be careful of that we don't lean on the favor and forget to lean on God, right? We start thinking, oh, this boss likes me, so I could, I could depend on that. My, my, my co-worker has got my back. No, they don't. God has your back. <laughs> Amen. When you start to believe people other than God got your back, God may use them for you, but don't ever replace them with God. Amen? And I wasn't going to say that, but that just came out. So you got that one for free. (laughs) So in in the second verse of chapter 2, it reads, One day Ruth went to the Moab, Ruth the Moabite, I'm sorry, said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law. <clears throat> Sorry, I was have a hard time with that name. Elimelech. So you you see why I got that takeaway from there? Now Ruth wanted to take care of her her uh, mother-in-law, so in order to do so, she had to go to work. She had to go work, right? So she 
went to work as an outsider would, as a, as a stranger, as a foreigner would, by following behind the vine, behind behind the uh, harvesters. And there's a few things here that are happening that I want you to. It's easy when we look at it in retrospect, but I really want you to to key in on these things of how God was putting the pieces in place. First of all, I think he blessed Boaz and kept and and put him in the position he put him in for a couple reasons. One, because of Boaz's faithfulness, and the other reason because he had a long range plan. He, already, he knew Naomi and Ruth were coming back <laughs> long before they they knew. He knew what was going to happen, and he and he already had a plan for it. He had a remedy. So some things just happen to happen, right? According to what's saying, it so happened. <laughs> Nothing so happens with God. It was in God's plan for Boaz to be there, for them to arrive right at the beginning of harvest. I don't think they timed it that way. I don't know if they did or not, but that fell into place, right? So Ruth had a means to go out and earn some money to help take care of her and her uh, mother-in-law. And I want you to also look at the humility. Ruth went to work. She she went from being taken care of by her husband to having to go out and fend for herself and take care of her mother-in-law. She could have went and took care of herself other ways, but she, she did it this way. And also she could have demanded her right under the Levitical law when she went to the harvest fields. Because in Leviticus nine uh, uh, nineteen nine, it says, "When you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your field, and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. Leave them for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God." So by Levitical law, Ruth could have said, hey, I'm a foreigner. You have to let me do this. I'm, I'm, I'm going under your own laws. But no, she asked. She humbly requested. And this reaped, this reaped for her. And another point that I want to point out to you that I've, that I've gotten out of this some of my takeaways from reading this chapter is following your heart with integrity can increase your influence with others. So look what it says there in verse 5. Then Boaz asked his foreman, who is that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? And the foreman replied, she is a young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She has been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes rest in the shelter. Boaz went over and said to Ruth, 
Listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other field. Stay right behind the young woman working, young women working in my field. See which part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness, she asked. I am only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied. But I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord and the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. If I was in another church, I would shout. Because <laughs> that's, some, that's some serious stuff. Amen? If that don't get you, if that don't get you stirred up, if that don't get your spirit moving, I don't know what's wrong with you. Because <laughs> that, that's, that, that's like a picture of salvation. You get it? We could fit our, any of us into that. Because that's what we did, or that's what we were supposed to do. And if you haven't, maybe you better check yourself. But we were supposed to leave. When we came to Christ, we left everything behind. Amen. Maybe not physically, but purposely, right? We said, the world behind me, everything I knew, I give to you. You remake it. You reshape my life. You do what you will with it. But I'm coming under you. I'm coming under your wings, and I'm trusting you. Here's my life. Take it. Do what you will with it. Do we do that? We had to have. We, we had to have repented and said, my life before, what it is now means nothing. It has no value. I'm going to find all my value in you. Amen? That's what Ruth was doing, but she didn't realize it. <laughs> she didn't have that kind of understanding of the faith, I don't believe. She was just following the love she had for her, for her mother-in-law, but she did say, your God will be my God, Right? Everything she knew, everything she relinquished to follow, which is what we should should have done and should be doing, and sometimes have to remind ourselves that that's what we did. Amen. So then Ruth uh, goes back home, and she she kind of tells Naomi all the things that happened. I can imagine her going home excited. She said, wow, you know, 
I, I, I met this man and he gave me instructions to take care of, you know, make sure I was taken care of and you know, said I could eat at the table with him. And so then she explains all this to Naomi. And then uh, verse 20, we're starting there. May the Lord bless him, Naomi, told her daughter-in-law. He is showing his kindness to us as well as to your dead husband. That man is one of our closest relatives, one of our family redeemers. Then Ruth said, what's more, Boaz even told me to come back and stay with the harvesters until the entire harvest is completed. Good, Naomi exclaimed. Do as he said, my daughter. Stay with his young women right through the whole harvest. You may be harassed in other fields, but you'll be safe with him. So Ruth worked alongside the women in Boaz's fields and gathered grain with them until the end of the barley harvest. Then she continued working with them through the wheat harvest in early summer. And all the while she lived with her mother-in-law. So Ruth shows her humility, her faithfulness, and her willing to work. Amen? She had to work to take care of her mother-in-law. She was faithful to her mother-in-law. And this was all recognized by Boaz. And as we move further on into the book of Ruth, you'll see more how God plan starts to come together. But I want you to to really focus in on the beginnings because a lot of times we miss that. And we miss it because we got caught up in the current circumstances, right? This doesn't look good. And we can miss completely. And I'm not saying we're going to be able to see what God's doing all the time. Because uh, we're not reading the book. <laughs> we're living our lives. We're in the middle of it. And sometimes you can't see the tree for the forest, right? Can't see what's going on. But what I do want us to kind of focus in on is expect him and look for him. <laughs> Believe, right? We walk by faith, not by sight. Even if we don't see the plan coming together, know it's coming together. Amen? We'll save ourselves a whole lot of stress, anxiety, worry, discouragement. Save ourselves a whole lot of that. Amen? If we just believe. Believe God is who he says he is. He's going to do what he says he's going to do, whether we see it or not. And I think this chapter is a good illustration of that coming together. I know when different parts of my life, some of the some of the you know, you say your 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 worst nightmares come to pass, the things you dread the most. In my life a lot of times those things did happen. The things I most feared happening happened. But God always had a plan and got me out of it. Uh, My former job 
it was good in the beginning, and then there were no advancements, the money wasn't good, I wasn't happy, but I believe God had a plan somewhere, even though I couldn't see it. So after I got through my pity party and had my conversations with God, which I'm sure he wasn't happy about, but his grace extended to me, and he did remind me, he says, no, very uh, lovingly, he goes, wasn't that you that uh, said to me back in 1981 at, uh, and told me where it was in Stockton, California, when you gave your life to me, that you said, wherever I ask you to go, you will go. <laughs> Whatever I ask you to do, you will do. Your life is mine, <laughs> and you will serve me to the best of your ability. Wasn't that you? Kind of uh, sounded like you, <laughs> looked like you, and I know you. So, and I've had those moments where God said, "Yeah, okay, God, you got me there." <laughs> yeah, that was me. It's good to remind ourselves, right, of why we came to Jesus in the first place. So, when I was going through that time, I didn't see God putting the pieces together. But I just started applying myself into the job. And I started seeing, you know, fruits from it. But I didn't see putting the pieces together. I just said, whatever abilities I have, I'm just going to use them here. Even though I don't feel I'm being fairly compensated for it, that's all right. It's God's. So I started using my ability as public speaking and and sharing and what I knew of the agency and speaking to DHS and and DMH and different agencies, which I didn't realize God was putting together for my next employment because they were putting together a thing called Housing for Health that was, was being uh, one of the agencies that was starting it was Union Station Homeless Services, where I now work, and it all came together where they reached out and they recruited me because of my experience and because I made a good impression just by doing my job, <laughs> right? Just by trusting God and not being able to see any results, really no visible results of anything good happening were evident. But just by believing that God would, he did. Amen. Amen? That's right. I need to get some, I need to get a witness on that one. <laughs> so last, last, uh, last points to kind of bring it home to now, to us. What? How do we apply this? How do we walk forward in this, in our lives today? And these are the three points I came up with. Number one, confirm our actions or conform our actions. Use either one by God's word. Amen? If we're going to take a step out, make sure it aligns with God's word. I realized the sniveling and the complaining and the 
and uh, not uh, being satisfied with my job, that didn't line up with God's word. <laughs> That's not what God told me to do. Amen? So I had to readjust. I had to say, whether I like it or not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn to like it. You know, like you say in the street, you're going to do this and you're going to like it. <laughs> Sometimes that's kind of what God says. <laughs> but not because, just because he says so, because he knows you're going to like it because it's going to be good for you. You don't see that now, but it's going to be good for you. Just hold on. Just trust. Amen? Second point, be where he wants us to be. It's very important. Imelech, I mean, uh, not, uh, Boaz needed to be in Bethlehem. He needed to remain there so God could prepare him for his place in God's plan with Ruth. We need to be where God wants us to be. And sometimes that can be difficult when where we want to be isn't as appealing as it was when we first got there. Amen? I know I shared with my uh, life group that I had a rough week at work. It just seems like one of those times where everything turns against you. And those those are, especially when you think people that aren't against you all of a sudden do a little backstabbing and things, and, and it happens. And it just reminds me, my, my confidence isn't in the world or anybody in the world. My confidence isn't in a job I'm employed at. My confidence isn't if the managers like me or not. My confidence is in Jesus Christ. That's where all my strength, all my subsistence, all my protection comes from. Nowhere else. And I have to remind myself sometimes not to be comfortable with the world. Because the world will backstab you first chance it gets. Amen? If you haven't experienced that yet, hold on. (laughs) It's a coming. Or maybe you just got too much of the world alongside you to see it. But it will come. And last and most important, hold on to our faith in him. Amen? None of this works unless we hold on. And I remember when when I feel discouraged and I feel like I'm too old for this, Lord. Don't you know? <laughs> Don't you know I'm tired? <laughs> Don't you know I've been in these kind of uh, situations all my life? Of course he knows. <laughs> all he wants me to do is hold on. Believe in him, trust in him. You know, like uh, I think it's Galatians 6, 9. To not be weary and well-doing. And that's the scripture that came to me uh, as I was ruminating on how tired I was. 
to not be weary. Keep doing what's right. Even when what's doing what's right blows up in your face, when advocating for your staff comes back to bite you, it was still the right thing to do. So don't be tired of doing what's right. Keep doing what's right. And know that we will reap in due season at the right time, at the appointed time. Not too soon, not too late. Right on time. Can you hear me, church? Right on time. Say it with me. Right on time. Amen. God's always right on time. And my young people, you know how much I love you. I want you to hear this too. Because you're going to be carrying the standard. We're getting tired. We're getting old. (laughs) We're passing it on to you. (laughs) We're passing the torch. You're going to have to uphold the standard of the word of God. You're going to have to put the world behind you. You're going to have to fight against all the culture and things that will want to woo you away from God. So hear me. This is your battle to take up. This is your standard to carry. Amen? Carry it proudly. Carry it with dignity. Carry it with humility. Carry it with faith. Because if you don't, then I wasted my time up here. <laughs> what was the use? Right? What was the use? And I know speaking God's word is never a waste of time. So I know one thing when I speak to people, whether they believe it or not, whether they accept it or not, whether they reject it or not, they know if they've heard truth. Because truth has its own ring to it. Truth has its own life to it. You could do what you want with it, but you can't deny it. You know when you hear truth. Amen? Let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for the power of your word and the effectiveness. I pray you will continue on to do what you send it out to do. And I believe it because your word says it. In Jesus' name, amen.